evening, Punky peeps, and welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I'm your host, Angela Bowen. I hope you all are having a wonderful, I hope you had a wonderful, great weekend. Well, at least a great Saturday, depending on where you are. It's Sunday night right now, and it has been raining all day. Not good if you want to go out and do something, let me tell you. <laughs> All right, well, I sure had a decent a decent weekend and a decent week. Yesterday, Jeremy and I got Joy-Con wheels for the Nintendo Switch Deluxe Mario Kart 8. And we played the board game Payday yesterday, too. Jeremy won, of course. Usually when we play board games, he tends to win. Although sometimes I win, too. So I try not to be a sore loser because, yeah, I mean, everyone likes to win. Even even he does. Like, he, he really likes to win when we play games and stuff. On Thursday, I did my grocery shopping. Usually it's either Thursday or Friday, depending on which week who gets paid. And I got the Arby's Pork Belly Sandwich. Let me tell you, I first tried it last year when it came out, and it was unbelievably beautiful. It tasted wonderful, I am telling you. Until you experience it, you will not know what I'm talking about. But when I got the flyer in the mail, I was I was ready to go. I mean, I got my groceries done, and I had like 20-some minutes until they actually opened. They opened at 10 a.m., so I'm like, well, I'm not going to go home. I'm just going to sit here for 20 minutes and, and until they open. I'm sure that sounds pretty creepy, but I wanted to get that pork belly. I wanted I wanted that for my lunch, so that's what I was doing. Alrighty. Also, if you guys are looking for dinner ideas, on Saturday night I made bacon and cheese stuffed hamburgs, and I also added... It's by French's, the French Fried Onions. They now have the caramelized onion flavor, which is really good when you put it between two burger patties. I usually, um, I cook two for myself and two for my husband. And um, when you put the caramelized onions, French fried onions in between them, they get soft. So they taste really, really good. And tonight, I made boneless, skinless chicken tenderloins, marinated in wishbone Italian salad dressing overnight on the George Foreman grill. And then to go with it, I made some corn nibblers or corn on the cob in the deep fryer, the little mini ones. I just swirled the corn pieces in milk and egg mixture, then I roll it in a flour black... <laughs> I roll it in some flour mixture with black pepper and seasoned salt, and then I pop it in a deep fryer for probably about 10-15 minutes tops. So there you go. There's some two dinner ideas for you guys to all try if you want. If you're thinking about something new, go for it. It's really, really good. I also finished two books uh, last week. A Matter of Heart by Amy Fellner Domini about a teenage girl who is on the high school swim team. She's on her way to win state and qualify for the Olympic trials. When she discovers she has HCM, all her hopes and dreams fly out the window. And I also completed an audiobook, Rescuing Penny Jane, One Shelter Volunteer, Countless Dogs, and the Quest to Find Them All Homes by Amy Sutherland, which I did. I found it very enjoyable and very informative. I love the narrator. I use Audible. This is not sponsored by Audible, just by the way. I'm just telling you, I really, it's, it's cool. Especially for all those people that are on their feet working for eight hours straight. It's something to keep your mind occupied. It's, for all you animal lovers out there, 
pick this book up. It's really good. I think it just came out this year. I also picked up the, the Blu-ray Split by M. Night Shyamalan's it's his latest movie. I haven't watched it yet. I hear it is really good. And I hear they also have just green-lighted a sequel to it called Glass, which is supposed to come out in 2018 or 19, I believe. So, yeah. I also can't wait to get a movie, A Dog's Purpose, which comes out on Tuesday. I absolutely love the movie. Salt in the Theater. It's based on a book. It's a book duology, Dog's Purpose and A Dog's Journey is the second book, and it's all told from the point of view of a dog. And Tuesday also, I'm getting the book Always and Forever, Lara, Always and Forever, Lara Jean by Jenny Han. It's the third and final book in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before trilogy, a YA contemporary, and if, if any of you guys are fans of the middle grade Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan, he's got a new book coming out in his Trials of Apollo series called The Dark Prophecy. So that's really good, too. I haven't read The Trials of Apollo, which came out like last year, but I'm going to get to it. I love the Percy Jackson series. If you're a fan of, like, Harry Potter type stuff, this is like Harry Potter, but with Greek and Roman gods. All right, before we get into this episode, let's get into our episode of the week question and bonus question for Season 1, Episode 8, Part 1 of Visit to the Doctor. I ask the question... Do you have any bad experiences or good experiences of going to the doctor as a child? Or maybe as a parent yourself, your own child having a rough experience, but maybe you made it better in the end. I did get one response from Barbara Wright on Instagram. She says, I had an embarrassing but funny moment at the doctor. I went in for a checkup, and of course it had to be an attractive doctor. We were talking about school, and he asked me when my last period was. I said, today, it was math class, lol. Growing up, we called our classes periods, first period, second period. I was so embarrassed, but it was funny because his face was as red as mine. Well, thank you, Barbara, for that funny story. And just so you know, I have made you an official punky peep of the week. So way to go there, Barbara. All right, now I have one embarrassing story to share of when I went to the doctor. I was 9 or 10 at the time, and my grandma dropped my older sister Nicole and me off at the doctor's office so I could get my shot. I remember sitting on the stool as the nurse comes at me ready to give me a shot. I threw such a fit. My sister had to hold me down. I even remember kicking one of the nurses. I know that's probably way too old to be acting that way, that way, but I was scared. Now, of course, I'm not. I might look the other way and close my eyes when I get the flu shot every year, but that's pretty much it. All right, now it's time for the bonus episode of the week question. Who played the little boy sitting next to Henry in the doctor's office, who later went on the following year in 1985 to star in a hit TV show? Barbara Wright on Facebook answered correctly. It is Jeremy Miller, who played Ben Seaver on Growing Pains. All right, everybody, it's time. Let's get into this episode. The show opens up on the living room. Punky is sitting on the couch, and Cherry is sitting at the coffee table. They're both writing. 
Cherry, how do you spell illness? Punky asks. L-N-E-S-S, Cherry spells out. The camera pans over to Brandon's face, who's wearing an expression like, uh, I don't think that's right. <laughs> it's a shame I can't talk so I can correct them. And how do you spell booster shot, Punky adds. B-O-O-Z-T-O-R. S-H-O-T, Cherry spells. Cherry thinks for a moment and adds T. <laughs> she has an extra T there, okay. The door opens up and Henry and Betty walk in. Henry is carrying a laundry basket. Punky, he chastises. Punky and Cherry nervously stand at attention. Like, they immediately, obviously, must be up to no good, because they they snap to attention. They're on their feet like soldiers. Your red shirt ran all over my clothes. Now I, I'm the proud owner of pink pants, Henry tells her, holding up a pair of pink-stained khakis. All right, I'm taking Punky's side in this. An eight-year-old probably wouldn't know how to separate colors, and he should have looked when he was putting them in the wash, or did she attempt to do the laundry for him? Punky and Cherry look at each other, fighting back grins. Henry, I told you you should have spent those extra quarters and done those loads separately, Betty tells him. All right, so it was Henry's fault after all. Shame on you, Henry, blaming poor innocent Punky. <laughs> I swear sometimes you're tighter than bark on a tree, she tells him. Henry, ignoring Betty, turns to Punky and Cherry. What are you children up to? Cherry looks at Punky, who says nervously, it's homework, sort of like creative writing. Mmm, excellent. Is it a play or a short story? Henry asks enthused. Punky and Cherry turn to look at each other. A play, Punky says at the same time Cherry says, a short story. Ah, let's take a look at this creative writing. Henry holds out his hand. Yes, let's, Betty says, also reaching her hand out. Henry re begins to read the note. Dear Nurse Williams, I am Punky's foster father. Honest, I am. <laughs> He's reading this and looking at her like, seriously, you think an adult will believe this note came from me? He continues reading. Punky has never had any illness and does not need her booster shot. He draws out the word booster. Booster shot. Love and kisses Henry Warnamont. Punky has a sheepish look on her face. Very creative indeed, he tells her. Betty reads with enthusiasm Sherry's note. Dear Nimmer, guys, I'm so sorry there. Dear Nurse Williams, Cherry is fine. See you around, Betty Johnson. And then she gives this look of, you are in so much trouble, you don't even know. Cherry also has a sheepish look on her face. Punky, I'd like an explanation, Henry tells her. Well, uh, the school nurse gave me a note saying that I had to get my booster shot. And where is this note, Henry asks her. It might be in the garbage can, Punky says. What is it doing there, Henry asks, gritting his teeth. The backstroke, Punky says, grinning. Did you get the same note, fat butt, Betty asks Cherry. Okay, seriously, what is with this fat butt stuff? I mean, that, Betty, think of a better term of endearment or insult or something for your granddaughter. Fat butt? Seriously? All right. 
Uh, Cherry thinks, tapping her finger on her lower lip. I'm trying to remember as she nervously chews on her fingernails. Well, let's go upstairs and find a way to jog your memory. Betty takes Cherry by the hand and drags her out of the apartment. Punky, if something happens to me, you can have my gerbil. Cherry tells her on the way out the dishes pulled out the door. Henry goes and shuts the door, turns around pointing his finger at Punky. Punky, it was dishonest of you to write that note and sign my name, Henry scolds her. I'm going to have to ground you. Okay, but that me, that'll make me miss my booster shot, Punky says. All right, guys, I'm going to play this clip for you. What are your children up to? Uh, it's homework. Sort of like creative writing. Hmm, excellent. Is it a play or a short story? A short story. Let's take a look at this creative writing. Yes, let's. Dear Nurse Williams, I am Punky Brewster's foster father. Honest, I am. <laughs> Punky has never had any illness and does not need her booster shot. Love and kisses. Henry Warnemont. <laughs> Very creative indeed. Dear Nurse Williams, Cherry is fine. See you around. <laughs> all right everybody i hope you enjoyed that clip have any of you tried to do that write a fake note by someone else try trying to get out of doing something or forged a parent's signature if so send me an email at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com or post your story on one of the punky power podcast social media sites and i'll read it on the podcast Oh, you'll get your shot, young lady, tomorrow, right after school, Henry tells her. Henry walks out of the living room with the laundry basket, and the camera zooms in on Punky's sad expression, and she rubs her arm. I'm wondering if Punky's had her other shots before she came to live with Henry. Like, the, you know, the normal MMR shots, although if she had them when she was two, she might not remember too much. Or maybe she does, and that's why she doesn't want to have another one. I mean, what kid would want a shot in the arm or somewhere else? In the next scene in Punky's bedroom, we see her tossing and turning from having a bad dream. Then she wakes up screaming. I notice Brandon is right by her side, which is good. He's her protector. He leans over and gives her a reassuring kiss on the face. Usually when I have a bad dream, I'll wake up and turn on my bedside table lamp, which is nice because it's a touch lamp that has three levels of light. I will turn it on the lowest setting so not to wake my husband, and I will look at my phone for a while, you know, just going through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or, you know, whatever, until I feel better. Until I've calmed down enough to turn the light out and go back to sleep. But when I have a nightmare, I, I still turn on the light. But once the light is out, I cling to my husband for support. Which I sometimes, you know, I feel bad about because he, he works in the morning. He has to get up before 7 in the morning. Henry comes rushing in and turns on the light. Punky, what's the matter? I, I had a nightmare, she tells him breathlessly. Oh, dear. Henry says as he's pulling Brandon out of the bed and puts him on the floor. Brandon looks up at Henry like, um, wh why did you do that? <laughs> Henry pulls up a stool and sits beside Punky. Punky, tell me what it was about. 
I dreamt I was in the doctor's office. All of a sudden, he started to give me my shot in my arm. Then the needle got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it was the size of a telephone pole, she says, holding her arms out apart for emphasis. Henry, I'm scared, Punky admits. You? Henry asks in a surprised tone. The Joan of Arc of the third grade? I know it's hard to believe. Usually nothing scares me, but the thought of getting a needle stuck through my arm gives me chicken skin. Punky tells him, and then she makes a grossed out face. Yeah, I think she's kind of referring to what most people might call is like uh, goosebumps. Or other people call it goose pimples, which I think is really gross. Yes, I know what you mean, Punky, but I think I may have a solution, Henry tells her as he pulls something from his pocket. I want to show you something, something very special, as he opens his wallet. A nickel? Punky asks incredulously. Oh, it's not just an ordinary nickel, Henry informs her. This is my magic nickel. Wow, Punky says in awe. Is it really magic? When I was about your age and airplanes were, airplanes were the new thing, I was frightened of flying more than anything in the world, Henry tells her. Well, one Christmas I had to fly to Massachusetts to visit my grandparents, and my father knew how scared I was, so he gave me this magic nickel and told me if I carried it on the plane with me, all my fears would disappear as if by magic. Wow, did it work? asked Punky. Absolutely, and ever since then, whenever I've been afraid of anything, anything at all, I've carried this magic nickel, and whatever I was afraid of didn't seem so bad anymore. Holy mackinoli, Punky exclaims, her eyes as big as saucers. I'll tell you what, if you promise to be extremely careful, I'll let you borrow this magic nickel for your booster shot tomorrow, Henry tells her. I'll be super duper careful. Thanks, Henry. Punky says, opening her arms for a hug and a kiss. You're welcome, Henry says, pulling back and standing up. Sweet dreams, Henry says, turning out the light and closing the door. Punky holds up the nickel and says, I feel like the force is with me. All right, I'm going to play that clip. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before I do that, I do want to apologize. I believe I did not give an episode summary for this episode, but it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a visit to the doctor. And the episode also aired on which I'm sure I didn't say that either. It aired on November 4th, 1984. All right, guys, I'm going to play that clip. I hope you'd like it. I will be right back. Well, I think I may have a solution. I want to show you something, something very special. A nickel? Oh, but it's not just an ordinary nickel. This is my magic nickel. Wow. Is it really magic? When I was about your age, and airplanes were the new thing, I was frightened of flying more than anything in the world. Well, one Christmas, I had to fly to Massachusetts to visit my grandparents. And my father knew how scared I was. So he gave me this magic nickel and told me if I carried it on the plane with me, all my fears would disappear as if by magic. Wow, did it work? Absolutely. And ever since then, 
Whenever I've been afraid of anything, anything at all, I've carried this magic nickel. And whatever I was afraid of didn't seem so bad anymore. Holy macanoli! <laughs> Tell you what, if you promise to be extremely careful, I'll let you borrow this magic nickel for your booster shot tomorrow. I'll be super duper careful. Thanks, Henry. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys, welcome back. All right, she kisses the nickel and places it on her pillow as she falls asleep. The first time I flew was back in 2009. I was 26 and I was going to Florida with my husband and his family. No, we didn't go to Disney World. I would have liked to. We went to Bush Gardens instead, which seeing the white tigers was pretty cool. That for me made up for not going to Disney World, which most likely would have been crazy busy. Jeremy was across the aisle from me. As we started speeding down the runway, I reached my arm across and grabbed his hand. I reached my arm across the aisle and grabbed his hand, but once we were in the air, I felt much better, and I even fell asleep. Now, the next scene, we see a door marked Pediatrics Dr. R.A. Montclair on the glass. Now, we see Punky, Henry, a little blonde-haired boy, and his mother. This boy is licking an ice, what looks like a drumstick ice cream cone and asks Henry, Mister, do you want a lick of my ice cream cone? Why does this kid have an ice cream cone in the waiting room to begin with? Shouldn't that come after the visit as a reward? And this kid clearly knows nothing about stranger danger in the 80s. When did that even begin? I remember hearing it in the movie Dickie Roberts' Child Star that came out in like 2004. Henry looked at him, repulsed by his question. Young man, the spittle you've deposited on that confection considerably decreases its desirability. Henry tells him, turning away. The kid looks, turns and looks at his mother like, huh? What? I don't get it. And like I said before, earlier, with the trivia, that was little Jeremy Miller, little Benny Seaver from Growing Pains. The TV show. The lady playing Jimmy's mom, a little trivia actress, Doris Hess, plays in another episode of Punky Brewster in season two's Love Thy Neighbor. The only, I think it's the only Halloween-themed episode. I watch it every year in my Halloween movie rotation, in my Halloween TV show, uh, uh, TV show rotation, you know, TV episodes. But most notably, the actress playing the receptionist, Actress Vernie Watson will look familiar because she played Will, Smith, Will Smith's mother, Viola Vi Smith, on NBC's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The receptionist calls Punky's name. Can you come over here a minute? I need to ask you some questions. Henry and Punky walk over to the desk. The doctor comes out and calls, Jimmy Rogers? Come on, Jimmy, his mother calls him. Jimmy is frantically looking for a place to put his ice cream cone and decides to put it in Henry's jacket pocket. Henry then whirls around, surprised pulling the ice cream cone out of his pocket. Disgusted, Henry, Henry turns to Punky and says, I'll be right back, Punky. I've just been a victim of a lick and run. Ugh, gross. All right, I'm going to play that little clip of little Jeremy Miller interacting with... 
Henry Warnemont slash George Gaines. It's so it's so funny the way that Henry is just like, uh, no, why would you even ask me if I want to look at your ice cream cone? So I'll play that and I'll be right back, guys. Mister, you want to look at my ice cream cone? Young man, the spittle you've deposited on that confection considerably decreases its desirability. Punky turns back to the nurse and asks, Nurse, how soon can I go in and get my shot? Wow, someone's eager. I don't get any kid that would be ready to get it over with like her. That's what I think, anyway. I can't really understand the first part of what the nurse says, but it sounds like, E, girl, I'd wait. Why, why are you so brave today? Simple. I've got my magic nickel. You want to see it? Punky asks. <laughs> More than anything, the nurse says politely, looking up from her paperwork and tossing her pencil aside. I feel bad for that nurse. I mean, I don't even see a computer there, and she's having to write all this stuff out. She's probably busy. I'm surprised she's not frazzled, but she keeps a cool head. Oh, gross a it's stick <laughs> It's stuck to my gummy bears, Punky says as she pulls the nickel out of her pocket. Let me get this straight. She's got gummy candy in her pocket. Yuck. At least put that stuff in a baggie if it's going to be in your pocket. The receptionist looks disgusted by that and just keeps writing away. Is there anywhere I can wash this up? off, Punky asks? How about right over there at the drinking fountain, she tells Punky. Why do I get the feeling this is going to end badly? Punky walks over to the drinking fountain and almost immediately it falls through one of the vent slats in the top of the fountain. Oh no, Punky yells. What's the matter? The receptionist asks. The magic nickel fell down the drain. Oh, this is terrible, Punky tells her. Well, maybe if she had held it in her palm and had the water hit it so it was directly in her palm, it would have been better. I bet she had held it between her two fingers and it slipped out as soon as the water hit the nipple. Well, I have a nickel in my purse. If that will do any good, the receptionist tells Punky, coming out from behind her desk. No, you don't understand. There's only one magic nickel in the whole world, Punky tells her, holding her arms out for emphasis. And I borrowed it for today. It's a loner, Punky explains. I really feel for Punky. She is really agonizing over this because she knows how important it is to Henry, especially since his father gave it to him. If it were me, I'd be like, let's get a maintenance man to pull the fountain from the wall or take the side panel off to get it. The doctor comes around the corner calling, Punky Brewster, it's time for your booster. How funny that rhymes. <laughs> Listen, can I bring the drinking fountain with me? Punky asks, turning to grab onto the drinking fountain like it's a life ring. Here we go, as the doctor grabs the back of Punky's vest and slowly pulls her into the examination room. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> Henry comes back into the waiting room, wiping his hands on his handkerchief. Oh, did Punky go in to get her shot? Henry asks the receptionist. Yes, she did, the receptionist says, smiling at Henry. Aw, that's my brave little girl, Henry says. Aw, I, I thought that was so sweet. He called her his little girl. Well, she wasn't very brave a minute ago, the receptionist tells him. Why? What happened? Henry asks. She lost some kind of magic nickel, the receptionist explains. She, she what? Henry explains. She, she lost it? 
you can tell just by the look on Henry's face and know how much that nickel means to him. He's had had it since he was Punky's age, so that's nickel's got to be at least 50 years old. Maybe that nickel got him through some tough times, like when he was in the army, when his wife passed away, or, or when he was fighting to get custody of Punky in court. Maybe that nickel helped him through all that. Plus his dad gave that to him. <laughs> it's silly, isn't it? Children always wanting to rely on some magic something or other, the receptionist says scoffing, to get them through a tough time, and then when they don't have it anymore, they panic. <laughs> the receptionist adds her child psychology logic. Henry busy looking on the floor thinking she'd... <laughs> Henry's busy looking on the floor thinking that's where Punky might have dropped it. Oh, well, <laughs> kids will be kids, Henry says, agreeing with her. She lost it, Henry asked the receptionist, just to clarify. What amazes me is I have seen parents in this very room encourage their children's belief in magic, the receptionist tells him. No, Henry says in disbelief. Yes, the nurse says back. Dang, she is really harping on this. I don't see a problem with it if it helps a child. I mean, isn't that better than taking the child off to McDonald's or getting them a toy as a reward after especially... After, especially in the ch if the child comes to expect it every time a doctor slash dentist visit comes around, if it were my child, I'd tell them, you know, they can bring a stuffed animal with them or, or something familiar from home to comfort them, to make them feel safe or something. Maybe back in the 80s, us kids were meant to just tough it out. I remember when I had to have tubes put in my ears when I was three or four. I brought my Scooby-Doo stuffed animal with me, and I was laying on the operating table as they were setting up, and the doctor had me look over, and the, the other doctors were there wrapping Scooby's head in gauze tape to make me feel better. I also remember being asked what flavor of anesthesia I wanted, like root beer or, some, or grape or something, which I, I didn't think that that uh, was... Uh, a thing, but <laughs> who knows? Okay, I'm I'm kind of over this receptionist paris, parent slash child development psych theories. Some parents will do anything to avoid dealing with their child's feelings directly. The receptionist adds, "Oh, how immature, how short-sighted." Henry agrees, looking around with his eyes for the nickel while trying not to be obvious about it. Where was she when she lost that nickel? Henry asks. In the drinking fountain, the receptionist points with her pen. Henry turns to go over to the drinking fountain, but the receptionist grabs his arm to keep him from walking away. Tell me something. Why are adults so uncomfortable with honesty? She asks him. My goodness, this lady must not have many people to talk to because she really wants to have her opinions heard and the desire to know of other people's insights to parenting and make-believe. Henry has a questioning look on his face, trying to come up with an answer. Let's face it, honesty is a dying art. Seemingly satisfied with his answer, Henry then excuses himself to get a drink of water from the water fountain. He bends down to drink and then goes, or looks back over at the receptionist, who goes back to filing and uh, writing and filing, filling out more paperwork. In the next scene, we see Henry sitting down, waiting for Punky, and reading Jack and Jill, a magazine. I'm guessing, like highlights, those books were always in the doctor's waiting rooms. I remember the Reader's Digest magazines. I would read the articles when I was like 9 or 10. 
Let's see. A three-letter word that rhymes with cat. First letter is B. He's doing a crossword. Wow, they practically gave the answer away with that clue. Eh, too tough, Henry tells himself as he tosses the magazine on the table next to a naked-looking baby doll. Eh, that's creepy and inappropriate. <laughs> Hi, Henry, Punky says as she comes skipping out of the doctor's office. Dang, she was in there for a long time. Did she have more than... Did the doctor get, do more than give her a shot? Or maybe he checked her vitals and gave her a quick physical? I wonder how they would go about retrieving her medical records for all those years she was with her mother. I hope her mother took her to the doctor for all her main stuff. Great, Punky says, showing off her bandage on her arm. The doctor said I was the bravest kid he saw all day, she tells him. Well done, Punky. I'm proud of you, Henry says, beaming with pride. Thanks. Henry, sit down. There's something I've got to tell you, Punky says to him. Henry sits down, probably knowing already what she's about to confess. Now, this is going to be rough on you. Very rough, she tells him. I lost your magic nickel, Punky says, putting her fingers in her ears, waiting for Henry to yell. You're not mad? She asks, taking her fingers out of her ears. No. What's done is done, Henry says, choking on the last line, looking like he could crumble to the floor in sadness at any moment. The thing is, I was still able to be brave without... Without it, she tells him, smiling. I decided to believe in myself as much as I believed in the magic nickel, and presto zappo, I stopped being scared. I didn't. I don't need the magic nickel, and you don't need it either, she points to him. Well, uh, Punky, it's more probably a sentimental thing to Henry than anything else. That'd be like if your children lost or broke something you had sentimental value to, like a parent or grandparent who died and left you something like a keepsake. My youngest nephew, Brett, had broken my sister's precious moments wedding cake topper that was made of porcelain when he was probably about three or four. So, you know, I mean, that's something that you can't replace something like that. I had the same one on my wedding cake, but the top of the cake that was standing on pillars toppled over and the cake topper shattered on the floor. I guess neither of us was meant to have that particular one. Henry, with his arms crossed, tries to convince himself of that, saying, Maybe you have a point there. The receptionist comes out of the doctor's office and congratulates Punky. Well, Punky, the doctor told me you were very brave. Thanks, and guess what? Henry wasn't mad when I told him I lost his magic nickel. Henry clamps a hand over her mouth when she says nickel. Henry chuckles at the receptionist, and she puts a hand on her hip like she can't believe she'd been duped. Henry looks at Punky and asks, what you, what you say we go for ice cream? Punky nods her head enthusiastically. They stand up, and Punky skips to the door saying bye to the receptionist, who then says bye in return. Henry turns in the doorway and waves sheepishly with hat in hand to the receptionist, who just shakes her head in return. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. That was the first of the two remaining mini 12-minute episodes. So...
All right, it's time for the Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I gave this episode four out of five Brandon Tailwags. One for Punky and Cherry's fake notes to the doctor. One for the Magic Nickel, rest in peace. One for Jeremy Miller's cute performance. And the last one for Punky realizing she didn't need the Magic Nickel after all to get through having a shot. One wag, of course, was taken off due to being a mini-episode. Now, let's give some shout-outs to the punky peeps around the world. I want to give a shout-out to some new listeners for the week. We have some international listeners. Thank you, Ireland, United Kingdom, and Sterling Canada for listening to Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I hope you guys keep listening. I love it when I get some international listeners. That's so cool. All right, now we got some listeners from the the United States. We have Spring, Texas, Valencia, California, Gloversville, New York, San Diego, California, Morton, Illinois, Midland, Texas, White Plains, New York, Sugarland, Texas, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Newark, New Jersey. Thank you guys. Keep listening. I really like it when you do. And I also want to give a sincere thank you to all you listeners out there. Whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Joining me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. And now it's a time for the next episode's question of the week and bonus question, which is a repeat from last week's podcast due to my episode mix-up. Next week's episode is going to be Go to Sleep. What was your bedtime ritual as a child. Did you have a story read to you or a bedtime snack? What about glow-in-the-dark stars on your ceiling or a noise machine? Did you count Did you count sheep to go to sleep? How about as an adult? What bedtime rituals do you have now? Do you look at your phone, watch TV, Netflix, read a book, or snack before bed? Do you use the same methods to fall asleep as you did as a child? Bonus episode question. What two shows did Henry let Punky stay up and watch? Also, each week I will give a shout out to one of the podcasts I listen to because, after all, they were the ones that inspired me to go out on my own. This week's favorite podcast is Hey Do You Remember? Join Chris, Donna, and Carlos as they pick a movie or TV series from their childhood, share their memories of it, and see if it holds up. New episodes up every uh, every other Friday, so twice a month. Now, this podcast does have an explicit rating, parental advisory, so probably no one under 18 should listen. This is mainly, you know, due to language and content. Here's a new segment entitled Punky's Principles, where I give my own moral of what I learned from this episode. Don't let your fear control you. Find the confidence to overcome it and know that you are stronger than fear. In this episode, Punky is afraid of getting her booster shot. Henry gives her his most cherished and prized magic nickel, and Punky loses it. Later, she comes to realize that she had the courage, after all, to face her fear without it. 
I'm also thinking of adding a couple fun segments to Instagram and the Facebook Punky Power podcast page. One will be called Caption This, where I take a screenshot of a scene from the episode I'll be reviewing, and you caption it. The second one will be something to do with either fashion, like best dressed, or who said this line from the episode, and I give you possible answers to choose from, and the winner will get a shout-out on the podcast. Also, if you guys want to um, watch the episodes along with me, they should be up on YouTube, so that way you can, you know, watch, so that way you kind of get an idea of what I'm describing to you. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And tell your friends and family about it. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Facebook, we have Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Instagram, it's located at Punky PB Podcast. Twitter, my Twitter handle is Punky PB Podcast. I also have Tumblr, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, where I do upload episodes and questions and bonus questions of the week. And I will, you know, also the other segments that I added as well. Uh, I have Gmail for those of you that want to email me with episode and bonus episode questions or tell me what Punky Brewster means to you if you watch it as a child or have introduced it to your child or anything Punky related, as well as praise for this podcast. And that um, Gmail, um, <laughs> excuse me, Gmail email address is punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, pump. Have a great week, punky peeps, and I will see you next time with a new episode. Keep smiling because even on the rainy days, you know some sunshine is just around the corner. Have a great week, guys. See you next time. <laughs>